0: Welcome back to the Physics of Faith Podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Tommy. Okay, so we did it. We did it, it this yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be doing uh, Philippians chapter 4. Yeah. And this is the last chapter in Philippians. Right. Right. So we did James. This wraps Philippians. hmm And, you know, that's like, uh, is this going to be our recurring joke on these series? And that's all you need to know. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> And that's all you need to know. That's yeah, it. Exactly. There's nothing else you need to know. Just that. That's all. No, well, thankfully, we we're going to continue these series and continue to dive into the Word. I think it's great that Brandon and I have the opportunity, and looking forward to you being a part of this, too, where we break down topics and kind of go into things a little bit more topically. But breaking down the Word is really my favorite way to understand what God wants us to know. You
1: know? Yeah, and and I think that it's it's so important to, to 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 really for anybody to to look at to to break down the word and to to read the word and to study the word. You know, I I, I filled in for Brandon a, a couple couple months ago, and I talked about how the word of God is a sword, and and I and I think that and I really like when when I when I first remember reading that, I, I it really jumped out at me because. So we look, at the, we look at the Bible just as regular, you know, just as regular folks. We look at this like, oh, we know we should, mm-hmm. but we don't. We, I, know, I know I should read my Bible, but I don't do it. And we look at it all wrong. We look at the reading the Bible as this thing that we have to do or we're supposed to do to be a good Christian. Right. And it's not that at all. It's it like this is the Word of God that God gave us. This is a... This is a privilege that we have, that, that God gave us this word so that we can read it and understand it. And, you know, all of the topical things that you and Brandon talk about, and any topic, whether that whether it be you or, or Justin or Nick or myself, or a, any topic that you talk about when it comes to um, Christian living, is based on what's in the Bible. Yeah. And so for anybody, take the time don't don't trust us you know examine it yourself read the right. bible yourself and s- see what it says you know i mean i you can trust us you know we d- <laughs> we do we do have it we we d- we have read it and we do you know believe strongly and that our you know we we base on our beliefs on things on on what is in the word not just right. our own personal beliefs but it, it's it's super important for everybody to to take that time to get to know the word for yourself because you're going to need it. You you know at some point you are going to need to know the words of words of Christ. You're going to need there's there's going to be a situation where you're like boy, I really need to know what the, what God says about this, or I really need um, the comfort of the Word of God. And when you have it written on your heart, as as you know as yeah. as as, it, as many people say, as it's said, you don't have to. Google, whatever. You don't have to listen to a podcast to do that, although it's great, and we're glad that you're listening to it. If you already know what, what the Bible says about X, Y, and Z, you know, you're you're going to be so much better off, and, and you're going to be able to spread the gospel that much better.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And you and I had a conversation about this um, not too long ago where we discussed, you know, it's really important to go back and keep reading it. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Even if you've already read it, I have this bad habit of like once I read a book, it's hard for me to reread it. Yeah. Because I already know what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and I go through there and, and do that. But um, you know, I was reading. And, well, we were talking about this in Philippians. I'm, yeah. You know, Paul says re- repetition is good because yeah. that's what that's what instills it in your mind. You know, it's practice. It's repetition. We see that with anything you want to master, you have to do it over and over again. And the great thing about the Scripture is that. Depending on how the Holy Spirit intends to apply it to your life, sometimes we catch different things. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, there,
1: there's, you know, I love listening to, you know, I I used to I used to work at, at Bot Radio Network, which is a which is a, a radio station that basically plays well-known pastors. That in their radio, they're basically their shows. You know, like David Jeremiah and Charles Stanley and Chuck Swindoll and and over all all of these guys and you know and i've heard multiple especially david jeremiah but s- several of them say over multiple times like every time i read the bible i get something new out of it i'm like these guys have been studying the bible for 50 years yeah. like they do it every day they've they've know it backwards and forwards and yet after 50 years and reading it probably thousands of times they still get something different out of it every time they read it and I've read Philippians, I don't know, probably eight or nine. (laughs) (laughs) After a thousand, I'm sure there's still stuff you can get out of it. As they're getting stuff out of it, then you, me, and anybody else who's never read it can definitely get stuff out of reading
0: them. Absolutely. You know, something we've also highlighted with this particular one is Philippians, and we're going to see this again today. Philippians has a lot of cherry-picked scriptures. Yes. has a lot of really famous scriptures that you can just pull out and throw. And a lot of times, you know, with really good accuracy— like apply it to something in somebody's life or your own mm-hmm. life. Um, but understanding the context of what was being said in Philippians is incredibly important as well, because you yeah. don't want to try to apply something without understanding how it was first applied. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. You have to, because, you know, this is, again, this book is, is fully inerrant and fully relevant to today. hundred mm-hmm. percent, but it was also written in a different language in a different part of the world a th- thousands of years ago. So, you have to understand the backstory. You can't just pick it right out and because there it is, you can't simply just read it word for word and say, well, that's what that means
0: because there is context and things that you have to understand. Right. All right. Well, enough talking about <laughs> the joy of reading the Bible. Let's actually read the Bible. So this is going to be Philippians chapter four. And again, I'm reading from the NASB. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also, help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement as well as the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked an opportunity to act. Now that I speak from need, not that I speak from need, For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am in. I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my difficulty. You yourselves also know Philippians that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent." a fragrant aroma an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to god and my god will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in christ jesus now to god our now to our god and father be the glory forever and ever amen greet every saint in christ jesus the brothers who are with me greet you all the saints greet you especially those of caesar's household the grace of the lord jesus christ be with your spirit Amen. Amen. Yeah,
1: I don't know if your your translation has it, but my translation has "Amen"
0: at the your, end. Yours has "Amen." Uh, yeah, it was not in my translation.
1: Oh, see, that's uh, that's that's why the see the 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 e- NIV is much more holy than the NIV.
0: <laughs> okay. right, Well It's all Greek to me. That's right. <laughs> all right, so Philippians four. You know, I feel like um, I feel like Paul is. It's funny how he he says the word "finally" to start a paragraph so many times. Uh, yeah, because
1: I think he did that at the end of ch- – well, chapter seven, three, I have further, my brothers and right. sisters. For jo- yeah, so therefore –
0: feels like he's winding down for like a chapter and a yeah. half. You know, but obviously yeah. these were written in chapters. It was a letter, but – Long story short. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or the other way. To make a short story long, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he Paul, Paul was uh he had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. But he also knew that the the importance of his words and and what they they meant, and so he didn't want to leave anything out. Absolutely. You know?
0: So he starts this one with uh he starts this chapter with um referring again to the people of Philippi as his beloved brothers and sisters. He again affirms that he wants to see them. He calls them his joy and crown, uh, which I think is an interesting thing like he sees it as a as a treasure or a thing to take pride in. You see this with Paul consistently. The only thing worth taking pride in is that which is through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the fact that he preached to them and they came to know Christ Jesus, this is something that he took joy and pride in.
1: Yeah, it's it's his fruit that he takes pride yeah. in. You know, it's it's not um and, and he also knows that you know, again, and all, you know, at the end, to our God and Father be glory and forever and ever. I mean, at, he says that at the end of it, like it's very clear that like he doesn't take credit for all of this, stuff, right? But he also takes a lot of pride in what Christ has done through him. I, I think yeah. is the way that oh, yes. the way that he put it the the furtherance of the gospel, the building of the church, all of and and I think it's also not just that, but just how much he loves these people and what he sees them doing, you know, yeah. he, how much he loves Timothy, how much he loves all of these people that he has mentored and what they are doing to further the gospel, how much he loves them and how much he loves seeing others further the gospel the way that the way that way he has. Because I, I think that, you know, you can look at it in a way that, you know, he has done this good work and now his good work is doing these good works. And it's a, it's a testament to his faith and to his good work, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think he he illustrated earlier in Philippians the pointlessness of boasting and your accomplishments right? of fulfillment of doing righteousness, right? Um, And here we see him boast in what God did righteously through him. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's uh, something for us all to consider. So when he gets into verses uh, 2 and 3 here, he talks about Euodia and Syntyche, uh, who I had to look that one up to figure out how to pronounce that was a tough one. I'll, I'll, I'll believe you, yeah. <laughs> uh, so these are two women in the church that apparently are having a falling out, they're kind of at odds with each other, but um, uh, Paul is really um careful to say that they're still sisters in Christ, like they're still believers. So, whatever this is, it's not whatever's come between them is not, um, I guess, critical to the theology of their faith or to their belief in Christ, but they are in disharmony. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about this before. Paul stresses unity throughout this book and throughout pretty much every letter that he writes as yeah. unity in the church. Um, so so he recognized them as workers who have worked beside him. So they've also taken part in some of, uh, in some of these good things and these things that he is, is proud of. Um, and again shows them there's a bigger picture here than just what's between you. And then we also have to consider, like, leading up to this, he's already talked a lot about the importance of being humble and the importance of um, putting other people ahead of yourself, considering them more important, and even compares that to Christ's actions and says this is what Christ did, was he considered you more important than himself, that he came to earth having been fully God, Became man and died on the cross for your sins, and he says all that, and now he he kind of <laughs> sticks the landing there and is like, so now that I've said all that, uh, you two, let's make up, let's be yeah. friends again.
1: Well, and and I think he also he he really understood how much how important how how important the the inner harmony of of people who are working towards the the common goal of furthering the gospel is and it's so funny to think about it in today's context how many people have been hurt by the church unfortunately millions and and so there are so many people who who whom have lost their faith or who who don't go to church now because of that and and it's it's unfortunate because you know People see that as a reflection of of God, of, of Christianity. Like, oh, look what the church has done to these people. Well, no, it's it's not the church. It's not Christ that has done it. It is it is sinful people. You right. know, it, it it's it's we we're again for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we are imperfect. And so because we are imperfect, we you have falling doubts. You have disagreements, and. It's such a big thing to hear you talk about today. It, it's it's very prevalent today, mm-hmm. but to be able to read, like this isn't new. <laughs> I <No>. mean, <laughs> b- before the Bible was technically even written, it was a problem. I mean, it was it goes all the way back to the be- the beginning that people disagree over things. And and I'm sure that they're probably dumb things. I mean, they could right. be very important things that happen and they could also be the silliest little things but the silliest little things can lead to the biggest things and yeah. and um you know unfortunately that's the case today and that was the case back then and so paul recognizes how important overcoming those things is because it's it's so tangent it's so relevant re- yes to 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 putting forth the word of god and and to building god's kingdom. It is while it is important, it's not that important. You know, because it's like okay, so you guys disagreed on the color of the stone. Who cares? Make disciples. You know? I mean right. it's, and it's the same thing today. It's oh, pews or pews or chairs. Right. gray or blue carpet. Who cares? Let's worship God and build the kingdom, you know? Yeah.
0: Or even in things that are not so trivial and like, well, this person hurt my feelings or this person did this or did that, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Feelings, I mean, people have feelings and people hurt other people because we are imperfect. And so let's work through those. There's there's nothing that we can't, that can't be worked out, you know?
0: And Paul tells us the way we do that is by considering ourselves less than that other, preferring them, being humble. And giving them preference, and that if if everyone is doing that, then you never really run the risk of being tread on, you know, like the concept of turning the other cheek, and it's like, well, how many cheeks can you turn, right? Right. But if everybody is doing that, then at some point, nobody needs to turn the cheek. Yeah. Right. And and also
1: thinking about why you're doing what you. I mean, think about think about what happened between Paul and um, oh shoot. Paul and – they they had a – Was it Mark? John Mark? Well, it wasn't him. It was the the other uh, – Barnabas. It will, Paul and Barnabas. It was regarding John yes, Mark. Yeah. yeah. They, they had a disagreement. <laughs> yeah. And so they couldn't really settle it, so they went different ways. Yeah. But they also understood that the, the goal wasn't to sit here and fight about it. Let's just go do what we do. So you do that way. I'll go this way. Yeah. We'll we'll make our piece of it, and when you think about it. It's probably actually a good thing because it right. spread even more because they were going
0: different <laughs> ways. You know, very true. And I I thought it was. I always love that story because uh, Paul doesn't really see. Paul is kind of upset with John Mark, mm-hmm. and doesn't think that Mark can be of use in this mission trip. And Barnabas yeah. disagrees, and so Barnabas takes Mark and goes away. And what you see later, there's a letter later, and uh, later in Paul's life where he writes. I forget which epistle it's in, but he. He asked that Mark be sent to him because he is of use. Yeah. Um, so you you can see that Paul kind of comes back around to, you know, Mark is Mark is definitely called and useful in the gospel. But um, you know, back to Philippians though, you know, and and kind of wrapping what we just mm-hmm. talked about with with these, he's touched on this with Philippians a few times. Reputation's important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your reputation with those around you as the church is important. Um, you know, if someone's going to um, dislike you or dislike the church because of the doctrine, and that doctrine is God's doctrine, that's one thing. Yeah. But if people are going to look at the church and say, I can't receive from them because they can't even be in unity in their own, like, they're they're all a bunch of slanderers, and yeah. they do all of this, and they hurt people. Well, like, at that point, you're not being persecuted for the cause of the gospel. You're being cursed persecuted are the cause of being a jerk. Yeah. You know, and you have to write that in yourself so mm-hmm. that people can feel comfortable to come to you. So, you know, he goes on here in 4 uh, in verses 4 and 5 um, and he advises them to let their gentleness be what they are known for. Yeah. So, you know, let this be your reputation. And again, he's he's talked about hearing of their reputation multiple times in this in this book. Um, but he also here in 4 and 5, he again repeats that they should rejoice in the Lord always. And he says this knowing that he is probably going to his death. Th- this
1: is, he rejoiced in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. As I'm sitting in prison, yeah. rejoiced in the Lord always. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and as he's also alluded to, this same treatment is coming for you. Yeah. So he's telling the Philippians that persecution is coming, but you should rejoice in all things. hmm Yeah. So then we get to 6 and 7, and here we go. Another famous passage. This one you've you've heard a number of times, no doubt if you've spent any time in church. Uh, but this verse says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Which that's one of my favorites, and it's one of the things that I learned very young, uh, was that phrase, and the peace of God... Uh, it says here will surpass, which surpasses all comprehension. But the way I learned it was, and the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, that I I remember
1: singing that in a. Uh, there was a song that we used to sing when I was little. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I don't know if you heard that, but that was yeah. one of the verses. I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Yeah, yeah. that's uh. <laughs> it's. But it's such a uh, it's such a. I apologize for
0: singing. By the way, I'm not a singer, so you can oh, quite right. You can fast forward We're right in through the that company part here. You know, <laughs> uh, the musician's not on this episode, so right. uh, you know. But I love that. For me, it's such a it's such a great um, illustration in a moment that it doesn't make sense that you would have peace. So at a time that you should be confused or that you should be uh, disheartened or that you should be um, anxious, instead, you're peaceful. So much so that somebody would look at you and say, how is that possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, and think about the number of times you see that in the Bible, the, the number of times that people are at peace when they shouldn't be. Daniel in the lion's den, Jonah, all of the – David's entire life up until when he became king. All of (laughs) these times where people were full of peace when it made absolutely no sense.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But it always comes – it's not because you can do it. It's because if you've given it to God, he will do it through you, Mm -hmm. and he will give you that peace. So um, this is also such a great model for prayer. So if you're like, I don't know how to pray – this is a great place to start. Obviously, the Lord's Prayer is a great one to, to go to as well, but, uh, but this idea of bringing everything to God um, and ultimately handing it over to Him, um, this is a great way to—and and to be specific, you know. Um, it says—when um, it says prayer and pleading, I think pleading in some versions is supplication. Mm-hmm. Um, Supplication is is really just saying be specific, you know. Tell yeah. God specifically what it is that you need assistance with. You know, God, I don't know what to do about X, Y, and Z. I need your guidance, Holy Spirit. Please guide me. That's a supplication, right? And it's right. when you've handed that to Him, you know that He will make those things known to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and so this is a great reminder about fear and anxiety, um, and how prayer and God removes that. There is no fear and love. Um, so they had, uh, you know, these people, the Philippians, they had reason to be anxious and to be fearful. Um, but Jesus gives us a peace when we sh- shouldn't have peace by the mm-hmm. world standard. So, yeah. Um, all right. So then we get to eight and nine. And again, another famous passage. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is a call to meditate on the things of God, essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many, how much time do we spend thinking about things that are not those things? How much, yeah. it's, it's, it, this is a, um, this shows how much we need to guard our mind, yeah. uh, um, guard guard our minds against evil thoughts and just thinking about, about worry and all of these things that we get so caught up with. It's basically Paul's just like, just focus on this stuff. Yeah. Forget about that stuff. Whatever is noble, holy, lovely, pure, think on these things.
0: Yeah. And this is really the recipe to taking your thoughts captive yeah. and to um, renewing your mind is by thinking on the things of God. Now, mm-hmm. where do you get the things of God from? How do you know what they are? Do you know that instinctively? Yeah. Maybe some things, kind of, but it's like we've already talked about. You go here. Yeah. You think on these things, the Word of God. Right. And those are the things that then renew your mind.
1: Yeah. And, and, yeah, and if you can't, it's whatever, whatever is right. Yeah. Whatever is noble whatever is lovely whatever is pure he's not he's not explaining exact things it's whatever is this whatever is pure whatever that is from god and so
0: think on those things absolutely all right and then he also uh he finishes that verse by also asking them to continue to follow his example which we know they were already doing um to some degree so uh, but as he said before he's not above repeating himself So we'll get to verses 10 through 14.
1: I mean, he says it, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I mean, he (laughs) says it right there. I'm repeating myself, but I need to. Yeah,
0: repetition is good. All right, so verses 10 through 14. At this point, Paul is expressing gratitude for the gifts that the Philippians sent to him in his need. And we we kind of talked about this. They sent their their man uh, over—let me see if I can remember his name— it's uh well you know I'm yes I do remember
1: his... what you're talking about I can't think of anything uh, yeah
0: but they and he sends him back with the letter but they sent him with the um, with a uh, a gift uh, Epaphroditus they sent Epaphroditus yes, okay. with a, with a gift for for Paul uh, while he was in prison and and Paul kind of calls out like you guys have always been really good at this you know and he he mentions a couple times in Philippians he's like you've been unable to do this but now you have accomplished that. Um, so he, but, uh, what's interesting here is, as Paul is thanking them for taking care of his needs. He's very careful to say, but there is no need that God hasn't already taken care of. Yeah. You know, um, and kind of goes into this, this conversation about, um, how he's lived in both prosperity and in destitution essentially, Mm -hmm. and is content in both, um, and he, he understands how to be content in Christ, which then leads to the famous "I can do all things through Him who strengthens me."
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you're a regular attender of South Side our our Facebook page, I actually preached on this, you know, several several weeks ago. And yeah the the reason because I the reason I brought that up is because I think that that is such a greatly misunderstood mis misquoted yeah. thing. You know, you you see that verse everywhere, mm-hmm. and especially see it like in in like Social media bios of like athletes is is really where I see it most and where I yeah. think it's mis misconstrued most of the times because you look at that he's like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and and there's different translations say different things all this through Christ who strengthens me all these things through whatever and um, people look like I can be Superman I can do anything I want God yeah. God can God has the power Christ can do anything and I can do anything through Christ and. It really almost means the exact opposite. It it's, it isn't that you can do anything or have anything that you want. It's it's really the exact opposite, to be content, not to covet things, to be – it doesn't matter if you're happy or you're sad, you're plenty, you're in want, you're hungry, you're well-fed. Be content in whatever it is. How, and how do you do that? How can you be content when you're hungry? Mm-hmm. Through Christ who strengthens you. How can you be content when you're poor and you have nothing and you're worried about what you're going to – how you're going to pay your bills the next day? How do you do that? Through Christ who gives you strength. It's not – I could be the CEO of a bajillion-dollar company because strengthens me. It's – I mean, it's yeah. it's almost the exact opposite.
0: Yeah. Now let's. I mean, just to be fair, like you could. I think for, for, you know, for, for that, all means. Yes. And, and that if that's what God has called you to. Yes. If that because you know Paul says here that he's experienced prosperity. Yep. Right. And it but we've kind of talked about this. James was really harsh on rich people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because and we see Jesus teaches this um, when he talks to the rich young ruler. People who are rich. Have a hard time seeing their provision in something else. Yeah, you know, what a better time than that to than to need the strength of God to look to what is your real provision, right? Than to have faith in your own wealth.
1: Well, and and the benefit is that what he what you really what he's saying here is like, you guys provided for me. Like yeah. you guys, you were in this moment of you know you had plenty, and so you were able to because of you had. Extra, you were able to supply me with this. You were, you helped me out. So, mm-hmm. if you are a person who, if you are rich, congratulations, good. That's not a bad thing. What are you doing with it? You know, if yeah. if you are if you are using those things to further the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. then you're you know. I, and in that same sermon that I talked about this, I talked about how in Proverbs Solomon talks about using your wealth to honor God. I mean, that's what it's for. God, you know. You know, I used to say this when we we actually still passed the the offering plate in church. I said, you know, if this is your first time here or you're with us, don't feel obligated to give. This service is our gift to you because we're just giving – it. It's all God's anyway, and so we're just giving it back to God so He can do His work with it. Absolutely. So, you know, some people have more, some people have less, but what what it's what you're it's what you do with it that matters.
0: Right, and that's uh, you know, it was such a great sermon. You did such a great job with that. Well, thank and, you. Um, and, I, and I think this is just – again, this is just really poignant and so that we understand. Like this is not Paul saying name it, claim it. Right. He's literally just said there's going to be times where you have and times that you have not. But, mm-hmm. if, but if you're in Christ, you yeah. have everything you need and you'll endure.
1: You, that, that's exactly it right there. If If you have Christ, you have everything that you need. Yeah. And he will supply you with everything you need. If you put
0: him first and you rely on him to provide – You'll have everything. Not by your strength, but by his. Right. Right. So then, as we get into verses 15 through 20, Paul reiterates his gratitude for the gifts and he recounts their faithfulness in supporting him. Um, and he also revisits um, that what brings him joy is not that they gave him money. He's not joyous over the fact that they, and I don't know that it was money necessarily. It was. Right. Provision. Yeah. He doesn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's, and I think that's one of the things that people we often get like, providing is isn't just money it's right. it's is it it's you know Paul talks about the spiritual gifts is it if you if you are a really good landscaper use that to make your church the outside of your church beautiful if you are a right. carpenter make your make the inside of your church beautiful so that it it can be worked it's not simply just money it is your talents your gifts your resources are all looked upon God in the same way
0: right and so what what really encourages Paul in this moment is not whatever gift it was that he got but it was their giving spirit mm-hmm. and it was their heart of wanting to kind of doing what he's already talked about is making others more important than themselves mm-hmm. and giving of themselves so that somebody else can have. It's, it's kind of interesting this is, a, this is a group that is really concerned about the welfare of others mm-hmm. they're really concerned about Paul they're really concerned about um, about the man that they sent uh, Epaphroditus when they think that he might become sick and, and ill while he's there and, and visiting Paul. Like, this is a group that really puts others first. And yet here yeah. Paul is talking about the importance of it. I think sometimes we miss that in life. We have to reaffirm when we're doing something uh, or when we see others doing something because we want to continue to do those things. We need to be able to call that out and say, what you're doing is good, continue to do what is good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, because so often, you know, you, I think so many times people, you know, people get burnt out and work, working in a church, whether it be serving because they do so much and they don't ever, you know, they they don't probably feel the thanks that they should get. And and again, re- remember that we don't do those things for those things. We don't, you don't serve in church for the thanks. You don't right. serve in church. You don't give to your church so that people hold you up a tie. But people still need it, you know, yeah. and, and it's still important to
0: to recognize that in any for anybody. Yeah. All right. So then 21 through 23, we see Paul gives his final goodbyes. And again, it is interesting to note that he re, he makes mention of the believers that are in Caesar's household. So he, well, basically what he's kind of saying here. And he talked about this in the first chapter too, like, hey, being in prison has given me an opportunity to preach to those who are close to the heart of the government of Rome. Right. You know, and and they've heard why I'm in prison and what it is that got me here, which was the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so now here he is talking about the believers that are in Caesar's household. So we see the gospel is spreading everywhere that Paul goes because he makes it His focus, it's his mission, it's his purpose in life.
1: Yeah, they, they. I mean, the. I think that's that's the best thing about this is like if you usually if you go to prison for something, hopefully when you're when you're done, when you get out of prison, you stop doing those things. (laughs) But what Paul is being arrested for, he's still doing in prison because he knows it's not again. He knows he should do. It's it's not you know. Rome is trying to silence him because because of they you know they don't. All of those things. right? And so despite the fact that he's in prison for talking about Jesus, he's talking about Jesus in prison. Right.
0: It's pretty interesting, too. You see this a lot in the in the New Testament. A lot of the Roman officials are pretty indifferent yeah. about it altogether. It's, <laughs> it's usually those who claim Judaism that were like, you're radically changing our beliefs. Yeah. So what we're going to do is use the Roman law yeah. to catch you. And mm-hmm. get you caught up in that. But oftentimes we see the Romans are like, what, what happened now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so why are you here? Yeah, but it does. It's
1: le- it's, it's almost, that sounds familiar. Like there yeah. was like like to another guy that was arrested and they didn't know
0: why they were arresting him.
1: Right. Was, what was that guy's name Jesus? His yeah. It was Jesus, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> but obviously it then turns as history marches forward. It then yeah. turns. As Paul even illustrates, we talked about this a little bit. Paul talks about every knee will bow and every time confess that Jesus is Lord. He was really making reference to something that people did for Caesar, mm-hmm. that they would light these candles for Caesar, uh, these this image of Caesar in their home and kneel and and confess that Caesar was Lord. Yeah. And here he was saying that's reserved for Jesus. Yeah. You know. And and as we talked about, we knew that they were going to read his mail. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in prison. They're going to yeah. take that. And so, you know, he's condemning himself by knowing what is truth, because he knows that he cannot be condemned by Caesar. He can only stand in judgment under God. And he knows that if he does what is right, if he does what God called him to do, then to die is gain. Right. Yeah, Yep.
1: absolutely. Nope. Yeah. I I can't add anything to that. That's you put that really well. All right.
0: Well, um, that is the end of Philippians four. So just, uh, going back over a few of the themes here, um, you know, again, he calls out for unity. He even addresses some people specifically and asks them to put aside their differences for the good of the gospel. Uh, He gives some practical steps on how to uh, handle uncertain times, trials, tribulations, persecutions, and tests of faith, how to pray, um, and then also practical steps um, on on how to master your, your mindset by, you know, focusing on the things of God as opposed to the things that are clearly not of God, um, you know. So yeah, those are those were some of the themes there, and that that kind of wraps up chapter four. Any any last thoughts from you on chapter four? Nothing that we've uh, that we haven't already talked about. No. Great. All right. Well, Philippians one through four completely done. We've gone through that. Um, what a great book. What a, what a great testament of the of the early church. I think this is really cool that. And most of what Paul writes to the Philippians, he's encouraging them to continue to do the things that they were doing. Yeah. You know, he's not like, hey, stop that. Right. <laughs> the majority of yeah, um, yeah, unlike
1: uh, who he's talking to, the like Corinthians or the yeah. Romans or the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So what a what an uplifting and edifying uh, book of the Bible. And I look forward to diving into uh, whichever
1: book we have next. Whatever we do next. Yeah, we haven't decided, but uh, I know it'll be good and it'll be... It'll be fun.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Thanks for paying attention.